Well, good morning, Johnny. How are you, buddy? Uh, I'm doing good. It's uh, freaking cold here in Germany. Uh, es schneit, as uh, as they say, it's snowing, and ah, ah, yes, it's it is is making me wax poetic about my past, man. Like I'm having some mm. sort of nom flashbacks to to probably one of the coldest days of my life. So okay, I played I played pee wee football once, one year, one season. Uh, we were awful. I was in fourth grade. I'm pretty sure I still have a pinch nerve from some hit that I took in Pee Wee football in fourth grade because I can't really touch my toes without my left side going numb. Uh, it's it's all weird, wonky, how how you will. Uh, but in Colorado, you know, it gets fucking cold, and it used to snow an awful lot in like October, November, and so mm-hmm. we used to actually get like snow games and shit, like the Broncos or or like the Bills game that's supposed to be really big tonight, like that sort of stuff, and. You know, like, you've got your coaches, and, and they try and keep you warm, and they throw you on the sidelines, and you don't play more than, like, two downs or some shit like that because your hands are frozen, and there's enough kids on your team that you can just basically swap in and out willy-nilly so that nobody gets frostbite. Except right, right, right. for if you're really, really good, then you have to stay out the entire time, right? Because the really good kids stay out the entire time and catch everything and and catch to the back of the end zone. Now, Mark, do you think I was really, really good? Because there's another set of people that also get stuck out there the whole time. And let me tell you, I, I mean, wasn't I, really, really good. I know, you're, I know you're a natural athlete. I'm not going to take that away from you. I, I am a natural athlete, but I don't excel at any one particular area. Unless that area is, in fact, just being small and meek and very, very forgettable. And uh, let me tell you... All of a sudden, they, they seem to forget little, uh, I think my number was 85 or 88 or something. I was up in the 80s somewhere. This kid's been okay. out there. I've been out there for like this last 10 minutes. And my hands, every time we go down for a, 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 a formation, my hands just get fro- more frozen and more frozen and more frozen. Shit, dude, I swear. I almost, almost lost my fingers to frostbite when I was in the fourth grade. Ooh. That's what it feels like. Ooh, no good. Um, it's okay, though. I made a solemn vow that day. That vow, Mark, okay. was that uh, I would never be that quiet, meek child again. And you want to know how I fulfilled that vow? Uh, how's that, buddy? By doing my very own podcast. The Dangle Podcast. <laughs> hey, there it is. <laughs> Damn, that's like the best. I, I was t- just telling you off, Mike, like a week ago. I've, I've, been, I've been stinking up the cold opens lately, and that's like the best one I've done in a uh-huh. while. Yeah, it's been a while, man. It was a good one. Um, yeah, welcome back to... It was... It, I don't know. You just... You know, this is King of the Hill, man. Like, they're not all good episodes. They're not all good cold opens. You know, shit happens. What? There was the one <laughs> I talked about, like, teaching a kid how to make a slingshot out of his mom's bras to water balloon an old lady. Like, they're not all good. <laughs> That's true. Um, it's very true. But most of these episodes are good. These episodes being those from the Dangle Podcast, a weekly retrospective rewatch of King of the Hill, where I, Mark, and my good buddy... Johnny. We take two episodes of that sweet, beloved adult animation classic and talk about the goods and bads and highs and lows, and we see if it still holds up. We see if we could rewrite it better, because the reboot is... Maybe incoming, but it sounds like they're having a hard time, so I'm sure there's, you know, room on the staff for two enterprising young podcast propane wizards. But, hey, Johnny, let's uh, get into it. What do you say, buddy? I say that sounds fantastic. But before we do, 
Um, Mark, I have some uh, some really cool news to to tell you. I did a, a special thing to kind of celebrate our last because this is our uh, we're in our our last five. Um, sorry, guys, if you got really excited when Mark and I were talking about earlier episodes before. We are now officially in our last five episodes. <laughs> and you uh, know what that means, buddy. It means that I have to drink something new for five episodes. Oh, buddy. <laughs> and uh, What are you I, drinking I just, new then? I, I just so happened to uh, imbibe in a, a German delicacy. No, we're not talking schnapps. Okay. And no, we're not talking Crowder decor. I found a place just outside of Berlin, like just south of Berlin, called Stork something. I don't know. I don't have the bottle with me right now. I'm upstairs in my closet. Uh, but it's German whiskey, of all things. So oh, I got okay. a sample pack of German whiskey here, five individual little bottles. I'm drinking their solid rye or straight rye, if you will. Uh, th- their big claim to fame is that it's aged in both American and German oak barrels. I don't know if they just like splice the wood in halfway, you know, like, Ooh, that'd be here's neat. a plank okay. of German. Here's a plank of American. Here's a plank. Of... I don't, I don't even know what the fucking difference is, but anyway. Um, yeah. So we're, uh, Johnny's going to taste a little bit of whiskey here and hopefully not get too slobber knockered. Um, <laughs> at least I can mean, you, you guys can always tell by the second episode if I'm totally shit wasted, but. It's fine. Uh, Mark, we are going to move, however, into this week's episodes. First is Bad News Bill, episode 251. Um, we haven't gotten to do this for a while. Uh, Mark, do you know what Bad News Bill is a reference to? Uh, is it a reference to the Bad News Bears, Johnny? It is, and not the Billy Bob Thornton one, because that's a remake. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen either, but I've watched enough TV shows where a guy who doesn't want to be a coach coaches kids who are bad at sports to getting good at sports. So Yes, yes. Um, if I'm not <laughs> mistaken, and I might be, um, God, what is, why, Burt Reynolds? I believe it's Burt Reynolds that does the original Bad News Bears, which is, makes it, God, what's, what's that meme? It's like, I'd have two nickels, but it's weird that this has happened twice so far. Uh, he's had right. two of his movies, sports-centered movies, been remade. Ooh, because he yeah, also did the last yard or longest, yeah, yeah. last yard, longest yeah. yard. Um, interesting. Hot damn, hot damn! Just somebody NASCARify Smokey and the Bandit, and then we'll have a three peat. It'll be great. Uh, no, please don't, don't ever fucking remake <laughs> that movie. Uh, original air date for Bad News Bill, May third, two thousand and nine. This is written by Dave Schiff. Mark, where do we see Dave Schiff last? Uh, Cops and Robert, we gave it a two-tane. Mm. I hit the, the shuffle button on my Plex the other day, and for some reason that decided to come up, even though I watched it like within the last three months. And I'm like, nope, not watching that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Really, it was my signal of, oh, you've been watching too much TV. Go and do some homework now, you lazy piece of shit. <laughs> uh, cast of characters for this episode is relatively small, Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotrieve, Boomhauer, Coach Bradford, Luann Platter, and Gracie Kleinschmidt. Um, synopsis, Bobby and Hank find a clean slate in Arlen South, and Bill gets overzealous volunteering. Shocker! Uh, our A-story <sighs> characters, Hank, Bill, and Bobby. Yeah, yeah A-story throughout, there's no B-plot. Um yeah. Yeah. Also, hey, I didn't want you to drink alone, and for some reason I'm a masochist. I'm also drinking a German liquor alongside you. Oh. 
Yeah, well, Jägermeister. <laughs> so cheers, buddy. It's crowded liqueur. Hey, it's you got to love those lacrites. Anything that tastes like uh, black licorice is good in my book. But hot damn, that's a, that's a little bit early to... A little bit early for Jaeger for me, man. It's like 2 in the afternoon there, dude. It's 3.30, and it's still a little early for Jaeger. <laughs> it was a little, a little early over here, too. Good lord, that was a bad idea. Why do I do things yep. with you, John? I, Ugh. You know, <laughs> Deutschland is proud of you, buddy, because that's what a German would do. He'd, he'd rally and keep going. Um, let's get into hey, some who did you tell here. me you were hanging out with? Albanians or something? And they're like, you've got a good friend getting drunk with you at six in the morning. Uh, Romanians. Romanians. I have two Romanian Romanians. friends. They're fantastic. They're lovely, lovely women. Uh, and yeah, they didn't seem the, the slightest bit perturbed that you were drinking at like seven in the morning with me. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, this is a judgment-free zone. The guys get to hang out in the alley drinking beer all day. Why the fuck can't we have a beer when we're drink when we're having... Our podcast time. It's just what it is. We wind down. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we don't loiter. We're working. <laughs> we talk about stuff, you know, sports, mostly. <laughs> um, Mark, let's get to notes. You want to start? You want me to start? <laughs> yeah, I'll kick off here. Um, um, Sorry, I can't read my own handwriting. Here we go. Um. Was Showin's always just a sporting goods store? I thought they were like a general merchandise, like more skewed um, to clothing. It's No, it is more skewed to clothing. So I'm going to call back. I'm going to reference all the way back to, um, oh, he, he he eats a Sunday even on a Monday. Um, oh, um, Andy Maynard. Andy Maynard. Yeah, our Andy Maynard episode. Uh, that's the one where Bobby finds out that he may not be Showin's material. And he has to go to H. Right. Dumpty. So yeah, right. Shelwins is definitely, it's it's like more of a, I would think of it as more like a, not quite Macy's, but what's the step up from that? Nordstrom's? Yeah, Nordstrom's, Dillard's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I wouldn't expect there to be a lot of sporting goods there, but eh, I don't know, maybe? Maybe Shelwins is just like the all-around general store? Maybe. I yeah, like it's more targety. I don't I don't know. I just Ooh, that's a good way to noticed put it. it was yeah. show in sports, you know, so it's like a high end um, target. I like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um we got Kid Hauer twice, but not. It's there's blackface Kid Hauer and Hispanic <laughs> Kid Hauer. Did you catch those? No, I didn't catch either of those. Good eye. Yeah, I'll send you some pictures of them. I need to go back and get a screenshot. I think I'm gonna put those as the episode art because what else am I going to do? Bill being stupid. But, like, literally, it is Kid Hauer, but he is drawn he's drawn black and he is drawn Hispanic. It is hilarious. It's it, literally the exact same character model. It is just... It, it's crazy, John. Okay. Um, we got a Dale Spiracy, the first one in a while. Kobe beef is yeah. people. And that doesn't go anywhere. And I don't even know why we bring it up because it's, I guess, kind of a funny joke, but... I thought that we were going to, like, lead... I didn't remember this episode. I thought we were going to, like, lead into a B-plot with it, and it didn't really go anywhere. I almost did, too, yeah. I'm sad that it didn't, but it did at least... Get, it got more than one line. We'll give it that. Because at one yes. point, he's just like... I, well, he, yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. It got two... They called it out twice, so I was like, oh, we're trying to set something up here, and nothing got... Nothing happened. Um, Johnny, why is Bill still alive? Why, John? I don't know. Why does I Bill really... need to be alive? 
I really wanted to to just take him out back and shoot him this week. It felt like. Yeah. Uh, a oh, lot. I, and I really don't understand. Awful. Like, I don't understand the power trip on nothing. I don't know. I guess he gets a desk and a placard, so he goes crazy. Yeah. It's Bill. It's Bill getting another job and Bill finding a calling. It's an episode trope, but very. I don't know. I guess it's not usually to the detriment. Like it, it's almost. I don't think it's ever been to separate Hank and Bobby before. So I have serious issue with that. Well, you know, really, it seems like they wrote. Okay, hear me out here. I think they wrote Bill as Peggy initially. I think this all of Bill was supposed to be a Peggy script, and they realized that it didn't work with Peggy bullying Hank about giving up on their kid, so they just really quick scrapped that and made it about Bill being the guy. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. I don't know. They probably had no way to end it, really, is what it was, without having Hank just straight up not be allowed there, and you can't have Peggy do that to him. Like, That's what I mean, I mean you, yeah. You, you can, but I think even they realize that's a little too fucked up to do to Peggy. And we love taking pot shots at Peggy. Well, it just seemed to me like the whole motivation, or not the motivation, but a lot of the lines and shit, like the bit about the um, salted nuts and things, like that is a very Peggy line. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm dwelling on it because it irritated me, but I didn't like it. Um, I don't know about his orientation, and I'm really making a stretch here, and I hope I'm not being offensive, but the coach kept talking about you're the fastest rainbow alive, and I thought, who's the quickest gay athlete we got? And I don't know the quickest gay athlete, but I did find the quickest athlete in the world is a guy named Tyson Gay. Interesting. So that was a weird moment for me. Yeah, yeah, he is the <laughs> fastest man in the world. The only man who is as fast as him is Usain Bolt only twice. Otherwise, it's this guy. Uh, Tyson Gay is a goddamn powerhouse. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I felt bad because I looked up who's the fastest gay athlete. But hey, if anybody knows, let me know. Um, hey, so we've seen this buddy. episode. Um, we've seen this already. It's three coaches and a Bobby. Um, yep. But it's also Bobby on track, and it's also kind of Bobby slam. And okay, it's also almost the pilot. God damn near, yeah. Like, and so to that end, we need to stop and go. It feels like a King of the Hill episode, I guess. Right. But yeah. But not really. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. What What do you think about that? How does this stack up against other Bobby Does Sports episodes? Um, in the context of how we've been watching this and in the context that anybody who is a, who is a fan of this show has been watching it since it came out, it's tiring. It's, it's a tired trope. Um... You right, can we're do done it with so it, many, right? Like it, it should be done. Yeah, like th- I. Okay. This is a. This is a. At this point, it's a hack story for King of the Hill. Okay. Yep. Let's have. Let's have our our like. Uh, let's see. The Simpsons has their Halloween specials. Bob's Burgers has their weird Thanksgiving episodes every year. Um, you know, we have all sorts of of like very specific moments in specific TV shows. Oh, that's right. It's our once a season. Let's make fun of Bobby and his non-athletic skills episode. Like that's what it feels like we're getting here. Right. And that's kind of where I'm at. But then like, 
I don't know, Bobby on track was a good episode, but then I also kind of like, there is a moment in here where you think that Bobby might actually be good at sports. He just needed to be, like, so there's the bit, and, like, he gets, you know, the coach is yelling. I think it's like, you know, you're the quickest rainbow alive or whatever. And, like, he gets back up and starts running again. So, like, that's it, right? Is Bobby just needs to not be torn down as soon as he fails at something, which is kind of what we think we tried to learn in Three Coaches and a Bobby, maybe, and Bobby on track especially, but, like... Yeah. The coach isn't this dumb either, right? I don't know. The coach, so the coach's hubris uh, is just yeah. assuming that he can make Bobby into an athlete. I don't I don't know. I just, this episode is weird and it doesn't sit, excuse me, it doesn't sit right with me. I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's a weird episode, I guess, is my point. The coach gets, gets all up, he gets high on his own Leon petard here, uh, which is definitely mixing <laughs> way too many analogies. Um no, like he gets, he, he gets it. way too, he just gets way too up on his, his own shit in this episode and doesn't listen to Hank right off the get go. Hank is not saying that, there, that Bobby has some potential, but he is saying he is not a very good kid and you're going to have to work with him. Like he wants to play. That's fine. I, like, I get it. But Hank has got years of experience at this point, knowing he does not have the skills. He's never honed right. them. He doesn't do this in the off season. He's not going to wake up one morning and magically have this. And any realist would say, yep, even after three weeks of training with a coach, anything that you do from this point out is pure luck still. Like, you haven't developed this yet. And so I don't think Hank is overly shitty. And I, I, I have a lot of issue with this episode for that reason. He's made out to be some horrible fucking father. And it's like, no, he's being a realist. He's not putting ideas right. in his kid's head that are unattainable. Yeah, right? Like It's exactly what I would want I my know. dad to do. Like, I don't want my dad to sit yeah. here and go, yeah, you're a piece of shit and you suck at everything you do. But that's not what Hank is doing anyway, despite what the rest of this episode would tell you. Um, like, no, you, no oh, well, limits. Oh, it's so overblown, too. It's so overblown. Like, yes. I'm sorry, the, the instant, oh, that guy gave up on his son. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Every <laughs> what, random person. What part, of Bobby, is... what part of Bobby Hill makes you think that that kid's a fucking athlete even to start? And I'm, yeah, you know what? Bobby's a little fat bastard. I'm going to call him out. Like, no part <laughs> of this kid is athletic. And he is not a power lifter because he doesn't have, you know, big old popping titties. So, you know, like. Right. I just, in what reality is this a thing? And, like, the entire, like, okay, I think my I think my problem here is, like, in you know, turns of the hill in which we turn on Hank Hill. This is the dumbest and most shark jumpy one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It it's well, it's definitely me, one of the though. dumbest we've had in a while. Yeah. Okay, I'll go with that. Dumbest we've had in a while. Anyway, my last note is Bill the A plot and we're too stupid to see it and we just think that it's about Bobby being a shitty athlete but it's actually about Bill's like rise to power. No. His name is I in the title. It is, but I really think that Bill is A sub 1. If for anything. This whole episode and you you you've hit on it, hit on it already a lot in your notes is people are shitty with Hank. The whole episode is how can we dump on Hank for being a bad dad? Um, fuck, dude, when you answer the phone and somebody says, oh, is this so-and-so, the man who gave up on his son? You know that the episode is about that fucking person. Right. 
Um, no, Bill just, he exacerbates things and makes it worse because he is now the, the foil in a real and just world. Hank would be able to talk his way out of this and say, look, I'm not a shitty dad. Like, just let me go watch my kids games. Don't make me do all this crazy shit. You insert Bill into this as a sub one for comedy's sake and to draw it out a bit more. Because what's more entertaining than watching Hank not be able to go his, see his son? Take a fucking order from Dale on a meatless, cheeseless cheeseburger with extra super special sauce. <laughs> yeah, it's a you know. great use of Dale. I'll tell you, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, no one pays for any of those snacks. I'm just saying. Yeah. So, no, I think, I mean, Bill, he's not, he's definitely not the A character here, but he is. He deserves to be like I have him in my A story characters because he is the reason the last half of this episode is even possible. It's also why the resolution at the end is somewhat fucking tolerable. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. I'm sorry. I took way too long there. Those were my notes. What do no. you What do you got for me, buddy? No, you're good. Um, well, we hit this one a little bit already, but right off the gate, Bobby is super sports ignorant and I'm tired of seeing it. And it's, it's not a con, but it's just like a, oh, come on guys, really? You're telegraphing the whole episode already within like the first 30 seconds. And it's his, where's that, uh, where's that big thing I used to catch the baseballs? I love that thing. Like your, your glove. Yeah. Like your baseball glove. He's not this dumb. He's not this dumb. No, like... he's not. He's not. Um, fuck, dude, we have a cameo from the person that, that proves how not dumb he is at sports in the very next episode. But we're jumping ahead there. Mm-hmm. Um, Coach Bradford you is know, the bizarre. But you know, too, but you, I'm sorry. I'm going to jump in here really quick. I'm sorry. Yeah. We just watched what a lump of shit Bobby is in Reborn Again on 4th of July, and now he's hyped up for sports. Okay, next. Yes. Um, also, how so come Coach... it's we're starting a Little League season in, what is this, August, I'm assuming? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, anyway, sorry. Um, Coach Bradford is Bizarro World Kleehammer, and I can't not see it that way. It's the only way he's tolerable. Everything that Kleehammer is not, everything that is his negative image, that is Coach Bradford. And you know what? I don't want it. Just give me Kleehammer. I want him to be mean. I want him to be crass. I want him to be almost as bad as Hank's coach and just scream at everybody to take a salt tablet. Like, <sighs> Bradford was a lot to deal with here. Um, David Herman, thank you. Thank you for making make, so, making so many good villains. Like, you have been a fucking cornerstone of this show with your extra character acting for not being a series regular, quote-unquote. You bring out the fucking guns when they need you. I appreciate you, man. Um, Okay. To punctuate any conversation, Mark, I need you to feel free to add the phrase, there should be a law at the end of any sentence. <laughs> I yeah, just want you to, okay, there should okay. be a law. Like I, <laughs> I noticed that and, and like, it's just some angry dude. He's super pissed off or something about, about apparently Hank doesn't know how to take orders at a snack bar and there should be a law against what he does or something like that. No. Oh, I thought no, he was saying he abandoned his boy. So there should be a law against Hank abandoning his boy. I don't know. Whatever this old fucking dude was railing against. I just, it just made me laugh. Cause I went, that's all his, that's his whole line. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's like, there should be a law. It's it the way he said it, the way he delivered it was uh, very much uh, Skyrim to me of never should have come here. 
<laughs> Picked You're a welcome. bad time to get lost, Hank. <laughs> I used to be a baseball player once until I took a baseball to the knee. What's the matter? Um, Somebody stole your propane? <laughs> who, who is more deserving of an ass kicking this episode, Bill or Bradford? Bill, a thousand percent. Bradford's motivating kids. I like Bradford. He's a dickhead. But, like, at the same time, too, he's motivating kids. He's making Bobby think that he matters. And you know what? I bet you Bobby's not the only one on the team getting something out of this. Like, the kids are disappointed when they're losing, so they take it seriously, too. And I bet you that Bradford is just as a positive force in those kids' lives, too. Versus Bill, who's a fat sack of pant load who trips on power. Okay. My last one here, Mark, is I, I want to accentuate a point that I want to make, but I have to ask you a question first to make it. What is the most okay. fucked up thing that Bill has done in this series? Like, what is the most uh, deplorable thing that you can think of that Bill has done in this series? Oh, God, you're making me member. I mean, you know, he never really apologized for his crimes. When it came to um, wrecking Arlen with a tank. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What are, What are you thinking? Uh, I think that this might be the most fucked up thing he's done in this series up to this point. Uh, specifically, Why? kicking Hank, kicking Hank. So the the end of this, kicking Hank okay. out of Arlen South, like banning him with the rest of those people, banning him from watching his kid play a game. Basically saying, hey, you know those childhood moments that I never got with a, the kid that I don't have because my wife left me? Yeah, I, uh, I, you don't get to have those either because I fucking said so. Okay. I, I, I don't know if I've ever felt more sad for a character and then more infuriated at another than watching Hank just go, I just wanted to watch my kid play baseball. Like, it's all he wants all episode long. Once he realizes, like, fuck, okay. Bobby's in it and he enjoys it and I'm going to get over it. And I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. The first 30 seconds of this episode was me trying to get him not to me in baseball, but he, he learns his lesson really quick and he just wants to watch his kid play. And what does Bill do? He makes it hard as fuck and then ultimately strips it from him altogether. Now from a nameless faceless person like Bradford. Cool. That's acceptable. Bradford's going to be gone in an episode. You took a series regular and used him to flex his power over his best friend and take away those moments with his kid. I think it might be the most fucked up thing that Bill has done in the show. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really have an answer. I don't, I don't know. It's just built to, to me. I'm just reading it as Bill trips on power and gets obnoxious and we don't like it, but like, right. You know what? I take it back. You know what? I take it back. I do know my answer. The most, the worst thing he's done is an operate Hank laid luge when he held what? 40 people hostage over two days i yes. would say that one that it that is much worse than him saying you can't watch your kid be bad at sports hank Ooh. i mean it's worse to more a more amount of people but i don't know for most of them unless they eventually figured out that he did it for two days no harm no foul but i don't know for me personally i think it's the most fucked up thing that he's done <laughs> he held um, people for two days how are they not gonna figure that one out come on <laughs> Mark, give me your pros, buddy, because we're going to move on. <laughs> Pro, number one, there's somewhere in there in my head rattling around is Cotton Hill talking about, I've got Hitler's canoe, if you've got coin. Um, 
Cotton's a Khajiit in my brain is my point. Yes. Um, Not a Breton? <laughs> no, he's a Khajiit. Because okay. he's a cat, John. He's temperamental. He's a dickhead. He loves on his own terms. Highly territorial. Um, and likes only one person, and that one person is Dale. So he's a yeah, he's a Khajiit. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, pro, there was eight kids. They had to play Lenter Field. That was funny, I guess. <laughs> I know enough baseball to get that joke. Haha. I didn't see the weird acid trip coming when Bobby loses his mojo. That was pretty cool. Yes, I have in here in my pros in all caps. We have an acid trip. That made me really yeah. happy. Yeah, it, it it was real short, but I, I guess it's kind of cool to see a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That's it. Th- those are my pros. How about you, buddy? Um. Let's see. What do I got here? Uh, Peggy wearing a protective cup. That is fucking hilarious to me. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> okay. just, just even imagining it. Uh, I like the, I put it in here as a pro and you, we already mentioned it, but Japanese baseball players making up Kobe beef. The fact that we got a Dale conspiracy and that it is, that's pretty classic vintage Dale right there. Like, oh yeah. Kobe beef is, uh, number one Japanese baseball player. Um, go tell that to the LA Dodgers who just spent a, I shit you not billion dollars on two Japanese players. Over the next 20 years. Good Lord. Um, yeah. One guy decided to take, I think, $32 million a year for the next eight years. And then he deferred it and took the rest of his $700 million payout as like $8 million a year for the next 50 fucking years. Shohei Otani, right. you are a goddamn legend. That's what you are. Okay. You're getting fucking for paid you, for the rest of your life. Um. Let's see. Hank's journey here of being realistic is exactly why this show stands alone in the time period it was created. So I love Hank recognizing halfway through this episode, not even halfway through, but recognizing, oh, yeah, I, I made a fucked up judgment call about my kid. I need to fix this. Like addressing that and then also getting to the point at the end here where he says, I may have made a fucked up choice and I love my kid and want to watch him play baseball, but this is just cruel. You you should not be telling a kid with Bobby's talent that he's going to make the MLB. Like that is also mm-hmm. not acceptable. You can't do that to somebody and get their hopes up like that. It's a very Hank position. Um, I don't see a lot of shows, specifically sitcoms, tackling that sort of subject material. I feel like it's almost too off limits at this point. I mean, it's 2009. We're getting a little bit better about shit, but like, I just, I don't, I don't see, don't see him going after it at this point. So Hank really taking the, the mantle of, um, I mean, sure. You can go for the Yankees and then immediately turn around going, no, this is a fucking mistake. This is awful. It's, it shows a lot of growth. So I love that about this. Um, Okay. We already hit the acid trip scene. And my, my last one here is um, Hank is the catcher just beating a kid in the head. <laughs> <laughs> that at-home play is fucking hilarious to me. And it shouldn't be, but I laugh when kids get hurt, even animated kids. 
<laughs> I mean, apparently so do I, so it's all right. Yeah, I, I, it's, I, it's spoilers, buddy. I don't heck I have a favorite moment, but if I do, that's it. <laughs> I don't mind just uh, calling out that moment right now and saying, yeah, that was my favorite moment and you took it, so... <laughs> cool. No, that's it's good. I have question marks for mine, so we can share it. I love it. Um, what did what do you got for cons here? Um, cons. This is a non-sanctioned youth league. Who the fuck cares? There is literally right. the leastest of all stakes here to ever have no stakes at all, and yet, yeah. oh my god, it somehow was like if you made if you come. I don't know, dude. It's just. We cared more about, like, the menace of soccer screwing up your shitty middle school season. You know what I mean? Like, yes, the wind. This is nothing at all, and I hate it. Um, Gracie is a prop. Great. Yes. I I don't know. What's the difference between Gracie existing inside Luann for 28 months or outside Luann for six episodes? I don't fucking know, but... (laughs) We in this instance, you get These to make questions I never to, asked myself. You get to make a joke about how how much of a drunk that Lucky is because she spits up just like her daddy. Ha ha ha! That's great. That's so funny. Ha ha ha! ha, ha I'm so glad. I'm so glad. <laughs> I can't talk shit about that. I just talked about drinking Jaeger at seven in the morning. But I just, you know, I okay and. Uh, Okay, uh, and finally, why is everybody okay? So, like, is Mike Judge mad at parents? Like, Maybe. Mike Judge, Mike Judge hates parents in two th- this year. Mike Judge just talks shit about parents. You know, like he makes fun of them in uncool customers. He talks shit about them in this. He talks shit about them all the time. Uh, 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 straight as an arrow. You're not raising your boys right. They're soft. This like the kid got whacked on the helmet and everybody's up in arms. And at this point, I'm just reading Mike Judge. It, like he can't make fun of what a shitty kid Bobby is because society won't let him. So he just talks shit about how overprotective and dumb parents are. Interesting. He's got three kids of his own, but this is the year that he split up with his wife, so I don't know. Maybe he's bitter. I'm sorry, Mike. I didn't mean that. All right. Well, okay. <laughs> now I feel bad. Um, John. Man. Oh, that, there's a con for me. Uh, how about you, buddy? <laughs> um, Hank promoting anything re- like New York related is out of character for him. That should not have been the thing. I'm sorry. If Hank is going to talk about where Bobby needs to go uh, play baseball, he needs to say, you need to go to Houston or you need to go to Dallas because that's where the Rangers and that's where the Astros play. He's not going to tell him to go to Chicago and he's definitely not going to tell him to go be a fucking Yankee. Um, Huge con. What the fuck? Come on, guys. We all know how Hank feels about New York. He ate a bagel and he liked it. His vehicle is a, or his truck is too much vehicle for him. Um, <laughs> yeah, really? so he knows that the, no, that's what it is, dude, is he's got a soft spot for New York because he was born at a New York, uh, uh, he was born uh, at a Yankees game. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to say the, I was trying to say Yankees and I started thinking of every other New York team and I came up with the combination <laughs> of the Mets, the Jets, and for some reason, the bills and i'm just like none of these are right at all and thank you i appreciate you being here yes <laughs> you're good you're good that was the dumbest um, i've ever been my last con here is it's the it's a message that it's not a con on the show but it's a con on that people on the, like watching this show need it's a message you all need to take away from this um the bad part of this episode is a lot 
of what the coach has done. And it's that, you know what? We need to be able to give our kids freedoms, right? We're raising our children. They need to have uh, have the freedom to believe that they can make their own choices, their own decisions. They can become their own person. But at right. this, so like you can't superstructure them. You can't. You cannot make little tiny fucking soldiers in your house. Super hardcore rules. That shit doesn't work anymore. We all know it doesn't work anymore. But right, completely right, right. removing, completely removing consequences from something, by telling Bobby, hey, it doesn't matter how fucking dumb and awful and terrible at baseball you are, you can you, like if you if you work hard enough, sure you can get to the MLB. Not telling him that the consequence of not training for the first eight years of his life and being good at baseball is a bad thing. Um, it's the wrong fucking thing to do. It's how you it's why yeah. everybody now believes that this entire new new couple of generations are super soft and can't do anything without their their fancy schmancy awards. And it's like, well, yeah, nobody ever held them up to any consequences. You let them get out scot free when they, they felt bad about something. Let a kid experience defeat. Let him experience right. loss. It's fucking important to understand that there is a spectrum of things. When I mean, you only show people half of a spectrum, when they get to the other half and don't know what the fuck it is, they freak out. Yeah. Yeah, they're not prepared for it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, guys, don't try and turn your kids into tiny little fucking Nazis and definitely don't try and turn them into granola earth children. Find the fucking happy medium. Let your kid do something weird, but when they fuck up, let them deal with the consequences. That is Johnny, who will never have kids. PSA on having kids. <laughs> God damn it. I work with kids. So it's, I feel like I'm legitimized to say this. Uh, we both no, hit our favorite moment already. We hit our favorite moment already, buddy. Uh, where are the ratings? Where are the ratings? Um, you want to break down that system, buddy? I would love to, man. Uh, all right. So at the very bottom, we have a charcoal episode. A charcoal episode of King of the Hill is an F, a failure. It is so dirty. It leaves soot underneath your fingernails after you watch it. Charcoal episodes are not rewatchable, and you're going to actively skip them when you're watching King of the Hill. After that, you got a Megalo, and a Megalo is not much better. Mark and I love to liken this to a turd that's got little kernels of corn in it. There's little tiny shiny nuggets of something good, but most of it is shit. You're also not going to seek out a Megalo episode, but who knows? Maybe it's got one funny line in it. It could happen. After that, you get your Butane episodes. Butanes are our mid-level, everyday, basic bitch episodes. They're bastards. You love to hate them, and you hate to love them. Um, Butane episodes are going to make up the majority of most sitcoms. It's watchable TV. You're going to have it on in the background. You might tune in. You might not. It's fine. It is what it is. It serves its purpose. The standout episodes, however, are our Char Kings. Char Kings are great episodes of King of the Hill. They represent the show really well. They show you who the characters are. They take them to interesting places. You get great guest stars. If Mark and I both agree that an episode's a Char King, it becomes a Char King Imperial, one of the all-time greatest episodes of King of the Hill. The only difference is you need a little bit of context to fully appreciate and understand an Imperial. These are episodes you'll go back to after having watched the series maybe all the way through once to understand why they're so loved. Now, episodes you don't have to do that and perfect introductory episodes to this show are what we call the Blue Flame of Valor. These are our S-rank perfect episodes of King of the Hill, sometimes perfect TV. These are the episodes that will get you into this show. If you have a friend who's on the fence about watching this and goes, well, yeah, there's 250 some episodes. I don't want to watch all of that. You just say, cool, watch the first couple of these. See if you like it. If you do, the rest is gravy. 
Go listen to this badass podcast. They'll tell you which ones are good and which ones aren't. It's great. <laughs> Mark, rating a scale to scale of uh, charcoal to blue flame, what do you give Bad News Bill? I'm giving this a charcoal. This is a shit episode. The stakes are less Ooh. than zero. This is this is the worst use of Bill we have gotten in the entire run of this series. Um, completely out of character. Sure, he trips on power, but this is this is egregious, man. Terrible Bill writing. It's um really bad. terrible Hank writing. Hank isn't the bad guy. Uh, there was I had two pros, and neither one of them were that good. And the favorite moment was a kid getting beaned. Like. <laughs> this is not a good episode. This is not a representative episode of King of the Hill. Does it feel like one? Yeah. It feels like a trope that we've washed out and used way too many fucking times. Yeah. And you and I get irritated with to start. So when you yes. start it this way and make it so bad, boy, it makes it even worse. Yeah, this is a charcoal. How about you, buddy? Uh, So I gave Bad News Bill a butane. Um, wow. For me, for me, this is watchable King of the Hill, but it's so it's got tired notes of Bobby's athletic ability. Um, I think why this is a butane and not a charcoal for me is because I think most of the Bobby does a sport episodes are butanes for me. This sits in all of them. They're all white noise. They're all just like, cool. I'm never actively going to pay attention to you episodes. Um, they've never really swayed me one way or another. The, what I will say, what I really liked about this, and I, I feel like this should be a pro. So it's a retroactive pro here. The ending sequence is very good. You get that really good father-son bonding moment of, thank God, I don't want to do this. Like, they're driving driving away together. They have their cool moment as, as the credits start to roll. Like, Bobby and Hank are on the same page. So clearly, Hank was not in the wrong with any of his thoughts here. Or at least Bobby knew that, hey, my dad loves me. He's just trying to look out and do what's best for me. Um, I will also say... That the ending sequence of the kids hitting balls to to right field and the one kid screaming, hey, weak right field. That gave me fucking anxiety. Ah, um, yeah, because they saw the weakness. Lord. Yes. Can you imagine having an, not, not just the other kids on a team or on your team all watch this, but everybody in the stands as well hearing one kid scream, weak right field. What do you think that does to that to fucking Bobby's psyche? Like to all oh, of yeah, his confidence. Oh, yeah, it crushes him. It's completely uh-huh. demoralized. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, holy shit. And then they, they do that beautiful acid trip scene where they animate people yep. like laughing their heads off like jackals and everything else. Yeah. No, that's fucking nightmare and anxiety inducing. Um, so you made me feel something. That's another reason to kind of perk up for this episode. But yeah, other than that, it's it's a I'm probably going to dick around on my on my switch or on my phone most of the time while this is playing in the background. Okay. Okay. All I got to say is butane, charcoal, and your mother-in-law. In this episode, three things you don't want at your 4th of July barbecue. <laughs> hi <laughs> Oh, gas head. He's great. <laughs> Mark, let's move on over to our other episode. Yeah, it's about performance art, too. Hooray! This is episode 252 of Manger Baby Einstein. Original air date, May 10th, 2009. This is written by our in high esteem, Sanjay Shah. Mark, where did we last see Sanjay Shah? Uh, we last saw him on this uh, season's opener, Diabolic Shock. It was a two-tane out of us. Okay, okay. 
So, I mean, he's we, we know that he's got some good stuff in his past. Uh, we'll see how this goes. Um, honestly, knowing knowing the source material, I'm not expecting much. But here's our cast of characters. Hank, Pecky, Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, the final appearance of Karen Stroop, Dale Gribble, Nancy Gribble, Boomhauer, Bill Dotrieve, Lucky Kleinschmidt, Gracie Kleinschmidt, the final appearance of one Jahan Redcorn. And is it really? Cameo. It is, apparently. Wow. And a cameo wow. by Jerry Popper and Chip Block. Yeah. Hope you noticed them in the background, because I certainly fucking did. Yeah, them and the uh, Borax Kid. Yeah. <laughs> the Borax Kid. Um, synopsis, John Redcorn and Luann enter the direct-to-market DVD business, and Dale writes a children's story. A story is Luann Redcorn, eh, Peggy if you want, because she's kind of like Luann's de facto manager. Uh, B story, which is really A sub one, is Dale and his magic bullets, which I swear, the fact that none of them even looked like John F. Kennedy makes me very upset. <laughs> that would be in very poor taste. But it's such a Dale joke. Yeah, but it would have been in very... Po- this is still 2009. We still kind of venerate Kennedy, you know, like... Yeah. I, I really should be bad-mouthing him. They love him over here, especially in this town. That's true, yeah. Um, well, he was Ein Berliner. Uh, <laughs> er yes, ist Lisa, ein Berliner. Er, uh, heaven. Um, notes, buddy. What do you got for notes? <laughs> Uh, no, it's holy shit. It's Stroop. I thought we were done with her. I was, I was kind of mm-hmm. surprised. I was like, oh, hey, there you are. And um, it's a small role, but yeah. She was still there. She still had one of the best lines of the episode is we're here to pray, not to text. Yeah, I can see you guys doing it. That was <laughs> <laughs> excellent use of Stroop, man. Just out the gate. Um, yeah. Okay. I had a theory and maybe this is like weird 4am brain mark. Um, so, is Redcorn trying to seduce Luann? I don't know. And then... Because I and can then consider, see it. Well, so, but hear me out here. He talks some shit about how he's still got an upright bass guitar from a former, former project. That former project would be Big Mountain Fudge Cake that he was in yes. with Lucky. Do you think that Redcorn yes. is trying to smash Luann to get revenge on Lucky because their career didn't take off? There's a hole in his pocket where his penis should go. And it's Luann! And it's Luann! <laughs> I used to sing that song, Johnny. I, I, I bet you did. <laughs> um, honestly, I don't know. I don't know if he is like trying to get up on that, but it wouldn't surprise me because at this point he's kind of devolved back into a degen. Uh, he's let the, the pro-entertainer shtick kind of go to his head. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah I, I just—it's it. weird. Okay, just kind of weird to me. Um, this episode is really weird. Um, you don't need context for it. Like you could show you could okay. So like, official blue flame criteria is zero context to understand it. Any context you need for this episode is presented to you in this episode. Yeah, for the most part. Like, I don't know. It's just really, it's it's weird to me. Like, if nothing else, we can give uh, Sanjay a shot that he cares a- enough about King of the Hill to establish what's going on 
in anything he's doing. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, how did Chip Block get reanimated? Who performed the Edo Tensei? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Either that or is he using one of his uh, cheap knockoffs that put him in such glorious uh, living arrangements? It's Gabo. It's Gabo. <laughs> I don't know. I prefer see the... Alphonse, but that's me. Did you see the, did you see the fucking ga- on Simpsons, the Gabo fucking um, <laughs> Funzo thing that was like, it was all shit posting was for like three weeks. And I am really <laughs> no. sad that I didn't contribute to it, but it was just Gabo fucking Funzo. And it was some oh. of the best. It was some of the best that Brennan has been in a very long time. Uh, so Awful. good, so fucking good. So I'm gonna I'm gonna cut that out. I just I wondered if you had seen it. Um, yeah. Um. Oh. Okay. I get it, John. This is an episode about how like people who you know are creative and you know do a thing can sometimes get you know absorbed by the thing, and we need to be nicer to our writers and talk about how they're tired. Okay, I get it. Wink, wink, wink. They're just asking to die. That's all they're asking for is to die instead of to, to retool their <laughs> property. I get it. Wink, wink, wink. And then finally, does Redcorn own Captain Bears? Um, and the only reason I bring it up is because we just saw in not the last Nancy episode, but the last, last Nancy episode where Redcorn's trying to get back with her or whatever. Um, they were at Captain Bears. They were conducting interview, or she was doing interviews at Captain Bears of John right. Redcorn. Did 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 Redcorn just buy Captain Bear's pizza somewhere, and we just totally missed it? Because the last time we saw Redcorn was like is? last week. Like we well, we just right. saw him like selling fireworks last week, but I, I don't know. Considering how how profitable it is, it wouldn't be a bad investment for him. But I don't know because yeah, we see him a lot at Captain Bear's now. It also could just be base of operations for John Redcorn, the family entertainer. Well, but that's what I that's what I'm thinking about, like. He keeps talking about I'm here scouting new acts for for what? I don't I just I don't get it. I don't I don't know. I guess he's Arlen's all that good shit I was talking. Mogul. Ooh, he's Arlen's Harvey Weinstein. Ooh, point to Mark I because I feel gross saying it. No, you're right. You're right. He's got to get new catcher's mitts somehow. What's that thing you Whoa. grabbed the ball with? Oh, it's called a Luann. Wink, wink, wink. It's called a Nancy. I guess it depends on how broken in it is. Okay, so this is about 52 minutes we're both drunk. John, what are your notes? <laughs> I'm not drunk, damn it. Um, notes here. Uh, that just was a, a very gross joke. That was yes, a very was. gross, dark segment. Yes, continuity. Yes, it what? was. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, a little bit of continuity here that I wanted to take note. Um, where is Luann getting uh, kicked out of as far as being a job? Well, why with Jack? Because, of course, Luann is still a hairdresser with Jack. I just thought it was right. interesting that Sanjay Shah decided to make that a thing. He also said that Lucky is still doing his Slip and Jimmy jobs where he is just getting uh-huh. settlements. And he's like, it's a young man's game. I need to probably stop doing that now. So we now know how slash... Why the, the Luann and, and Lucky are able to pay their rent? Like, Luann does still have a job as a hairdresser. Lucky is probably getting at least two or three settlements a year. Um, yeah, they're doing good. Doing great. Um, <laughs> who is... Oh, it's Hank. 
Hank makes a comment about why can't she just do Tupperware and give up on that like everybody else does? <laughs> and I went, oh, shit, Tupperware, the original boss babe fail of a whole generation. Now we have yep. Herbalife. It's great. Herbalife, Pamper <laughs> Chef, Sensi. All of that shit. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> yep. Just, also, I just, it was fucking such a... side, side pro, that's totally a slam at Peggy. For, co- for Cozy Kitchen. Yes, it fucking should be. Because yes, we know, as of, like, what, four episodes ago, she still has Cozy Kitchen crap? Um, I thought this was very interesting. It's an animation note that I, I have to imagine that Sanjay Shah said, hey, go back to this for reference. Did you notice the original Manger Baby stage is still the one she uses? Yeah, I did see that, but I didn't notice if the uh, finished nail was out of place or not, because that reflects I, poor craftsmanship. I didn't either. I didn't either, which is unfortunate, but uh, that's okay. It's okay. There's some kids in the way. It's, no one's going to notice. No one but you, Mark. Um, and then last last note I have here is uh, we have a new Arlen store where Luann is signing and selling DVDs, and it's the Books Leoteca, which I thought was a terrible fucking name. In my mind, that's what happened to Peggy's uh, book barn. Yes, it turned into a bad yeah. Spanish, like, <laughs> a b- bad Spanish translation of a bookstore. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, give me your pros, buddy. Uh, my pros. Dale's book is genuinely funny. The animation bit is cool. <laughs> I like the breakup. It looks like a really shitty Adult Swim cartoon. Um, I like how stupid the story is. I like the guns with their different little faces. And then I like Dale's like forced rhyme scheme. It's just so bad. And like Bill is crying when he finishes reading it. And Hank is like, Dale, this is stupid. You're stupid. Everything you touch is crap. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Gracie cries a lot at Lucky this episode. Me too, kid. Me too. (laughs) <laughs> Gracie is a member a proud honorary member of Dangle Podcast. She doesn't like Lucky either. <laughs> um and finally She's the unmentioned third host. She's the unmentioned third host, yeah. Yeah, she's just been here the whole time. <laughs> At least the last twenty eight weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um Finally, uh, Peggy holds up a pirate. We need to inject new characters into a show. This one is crippled and blind, and this one's Hispanic, and it's a Brad Stolp. I, I just like that <laughs> the pirate is crippled, blind, and Hispanic. Yeah. <laughs> He's clearly like a white dude with the red beard. I just, I don't know. Yep. And then, I'm sorry, was that pirate really familiar to you too, or am I going insane? Because I recognize that pirate, and I don't know uh, where or why. I... I think you're going insane, buddy. I did not recognize the pirates. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Gonna, also, I didn't write down the, the morning quote. Rum. <laughs> morning rum. Jaeger <laughs> <laughs> Morgenmeister. Um, <laughs> um, and then finally, it's Luann as she's like redoing her thing and she's reimagining characters. And I should have written the line down. But whatever she said is. Reginald Featherbottom broke me for about 10 seconds this morning. <laughs> I it's I like wish I could tell you what the line was because I didn't write it what? down. Yeah, it's like, crack a lack and what, what? It was, it was great. I just, I broke it. Uh, what about you, man? Some pros? 
Um, I'm going to give uh, Lucky some props here because barbers did, in fact, used to do dentistry, but that was in the, like, 1800s. It's part of why their, like, little barber pole has got red in it because it was, like, mm -hmm. each color meant that this barber could do a certain thing. Um, that way you knew, like, if you were going there and you needed, like, your tooth pulled or your haircut or, like, a shave or something like like, you had to look for specific colors to know if the dude can actually do what the fuck he says. Um, okay, I have a line in here that I've watched I've watched this series a lot. I can't say I've watched this season a lot, so I probably have missed this. But the first time I have ever caught it was this sequence. Um, Mark, do you recall Luann talking about being a children's entertainer? In this episode or before? In this episode, she says she specifically mentions that she's always wanted to break into child children's entertainment. Okay. Okay. The line that I didn't realize that follows that, that I think is fucking hilarious, is yes, because it sounds so much better than being an adult. Or like the than the adult version. And then I went, wait, adult version. Adult, adult entertainer. entertainment. <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> It's a good, it's a good line. Good, like snuck in joke that you have to listen for. I, it makes, okay. makes me happy. Like I can't hate, hate this episode now because I caught a new joke that made me laugh. Um, you already hit this, but the children's story sequence, holy shit. Even the animation, like the difference in animation in this. Uh, I think they went, Hey, we've only got so many episodes left for the, the rest of the season. What, but we have all this money. What do we do? Well, Let's see. We got an acid trip for the previous episode, and we can do this cool, like, animated kids story in this one. Yeah, it's great. We'll just keep trucking along like that. Um, and yeah. I have, I, this is going to sound very pop culture-y here, but I really want to insert the Frodo, it's done meme. Mark, we never have to fucking see the Manger Babies again. They're literally in caskets. They fucking burned. I like the Manger Babies. I still remember I my Manger Babies rating song. I don't know why you're so mad at them. I'm done with them. I'm done with them. <laughs> I'm done with them. You get three I'm done with them, and I'm really done with oh, them. Oh, okay. All right, well, we're <laughs> done with them, so we ain't got to talk about them no more. It's Future Mark, done. cut in my Manger Babies rating song right here. A rating system goes like this, it's not too hard to learn. But here's a little primer song before we take our turns. Charcoal is the lowest rank, it's miserable and sad. After that comes Megalo, it's better but still bad. Butane is a bastard gas effect that is well known. But this type of episode won't cause us to explode. Angrily, that is. Wink, wink. <laughs> In our hearts, the final two are held in highest esteem. There's nothing that can really beat the glory of Char King. And finally, at the very top, blazing with blue fire, Flame of valor fills our hearts like beer cans of desire. That's our rating systems. I hope you like my song. Rating systems, let's take turns rating it now. Rating system, it breaks down at the end here. Rating system.
Oh my god. <laughs> if you don't cut and paste that into every single episode from here on out, I am going to be offended. I don't think that we need to make anybody listen to that more than once. <laughs> Fucker. Uh, Mark, that's what I got for pros. What do you got for cons? Give me something to hate here. Um, Cons, I don't know if you saw this, but it fucked me up because I realized halfway through... There's something wrong with the aspect ratio this episode. Oh, how so? It looked like watching Simpsons on Disney Plus now. Interesting. Like, so there's a bit so and, and I noticed this about ten minutes in when Luann is at the bookstore signing and she's giving Hank shit and she goes, Remember when you said I should listen to you? Well I didn't, whatever. And like there's two women there. But it cuts out about three quarters of them, so there's like a sliver of woman on each side. And that's where I noticed it. And then the rest of the episode, I couldn't not notice it. And like, it wasn't my TV, because I like sat there and like fucked with the picture ratio. It was yeah. this, this is the only time this has ever happened. It was crazy. It was, I don't know. It, I, first time for everything, I guess. But the, the aspect ratio was out. I don't know. Yeah, it was totally, it was totally out of place. Um... Hank would be a terrible vice president. I'm just saying. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. I don't know. I didn't okay. have a lot to not like about this episode. I didn't... I, I watched this episode, and I treated it as, like, a what-if scenario. Do you know what I mean? Like, somebody... Okay was sitting around, and they're like, we need to write an episode. Hey, what about the fucking Manger Babies? Oh, yeah, what about the fucking Manger Babies? You know what I mean? So, you like, remember the Manger Babies? Yeah. And, yeah, and Sanjay Shah goes, oh, I remember Manger Babies. Yeah. And that's what this became. But it also just lets itself be insane and super one-off-y. Like, we get some good callback. We get the good continuity, like Captain Bears and the original Manger Baby box and, like, Bobby being good at writing comedy and shit like this. But then also, right. like... Luann instantly catapults into stardom. Like. Yeah. And it just kind of happens. It's kind of like Homer gets a job type episode, but it's Luann gets a job. It's really inconsequential. Nothing happens out of it other than gurgle gurgle is the Harry Potter of the manger babies. Cause it's the octopus that lived. <laughs> I was going to say the boy who lived, but he's not a boy. Good call. Uh, you might be a boy. I don't know. I think I, octopuses are hermaphrodites, but yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, but he's a sex. But he's a sextopus anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yes. Yes. He just gurgle gurgles gurgle, gurgle. all over the place. Uh, Mark, I only have two cons here because I, okay. I kind of treated it the same way. Um, I do not. Care. First one is I do not care for the lucky story in this episode. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit that you're a single dad. You don't have to be. I'm. Peggy is around. Hank is around. Bobby is around. We all know they have experience with children. Fucking ask anybody. Dude, go get Mud Dauber. He'll help you with the kid. I would have rather watched that than you try and do this shit on your own and just do a bunch of slapstick shit that nobody cares. That would have been hilarious. You know Uh what? You're right. This is a rare occurrence when Mud Dauber would have added. Yes. So. The only occurrence, maybe. Yeah. Um, And then... My other one is that Luann's second DVD is, uh, I, I coined a new word here, train wreckiness. It is just awful. There is nothing to like about it. 
there is it's, it doesn't seem funny like the comedy does not seem there at all uh it almost seems like low-hanging fruit to do the the brats doll and to do like the I don't know, for lack of a better term, urban setting, if you will, out of the, okay, the whitest okay. Christian Texas girl in the world. Like, it seems too easy. You guys couldn't think of anything fucking better for her to do for a second DVD than that? I mean, no. The, the point is, creativity is hard, and we need to not expect gold every episode, John. That's the point. <laughs> no, I know, but it's like you definitely could have just you could have ripped off any popular what the what the, what the fuck was the most popular TV show on on TV in two thousand eight two thousand nine like okay give me ten seconds rip off like Lost that was way before this <laughs> okay um something called Southland, something called The, NCIS Los Angeles, White Collar, Lie to Me, The Good Wife, The Middle. Oh, my God. 2009 TV was terrible. Oh, Modern Family started in 2009. Um, Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Per Wikipedia here, if it boots up. Come on, baby. Be cool. Um... In rank, thusly, American Idol Tuesday, American Idol Wednesday, Dancing with the Stars, NCIS, Sunday Night Football, The Mentalist, Dancing with the Stars, Results Show, NCIS, Los Angeles, Undercover Boss, and CSI Crime Scene Investigation. Those were the top ten most popular shows. What the fuck else could Luann rip off other than, like, weird Hispanic character? Like, nope, nope, she's right. <laughs> oh well, my like, god, you, it, it's all fucking reality TV, John. It's gross. It is. It is but, like honestly, you tell me that you would you would not have rather seen her do a CSI body reconstruction scene, like a like a fucking oh this is this this is the crime scene and we have to discuss it with the manger babies. One of them is just like nuked at the fucking bottom of so, the thing, and she has to okay, go around. Okay, okay. So there you go, right there. So it's she steals Dale's book, and the bullet accidentally shot uh, Obadiah the donkey. And they need to CSI yes. it to, and then it, you know, reunites or, or, you know, unites the two plot lines. Okay, cool. All right. Exactly. I said, there's, there's just other ways of doing this. I felt like it was, it was the copiest, cheapest way of doing this. And I'm like, guys, you're known for better writing. Don't take the fucking easy way out because you're almost at the end. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> I also think that Brad stalls were super popular this time, right? They are. But you can keep the Bratz doll in and still do the CSI thing. Like, make her a lady of the night. It's fine. No, it's not. It's a Christian puppet show. Um, Mary Magdalene was a whore, Mark. Yeah, you're right. I forgot the VeggieTales episode where we talked about fucking Larry the Cucumber getting stuffed into Mary Magdalene. You're right. You're right. I forgot. <laughs> now who's being crass? Mark, what a favorite moment. <laughs> Favorite moment, Mary Magdalene getting stuffed with Larry the Cucumber. <laughs> She's more of a tomato lady anyway. Um, I think it's Shakespearean tomato is a, another word for like a loose woman. I was going to say, she just, she looks like she likes some girthy. <laughs> okay, so we're way too horny and that's oddly appropriate because my favorite moment is we get a callback to probably hottest Luann. That's right. Her gross orange red top that just made Mark nuts. <laughs> Not so call back. 
Oh, more so in Sunder. I don't know what it is, dude. Red top jeans Luann is the hottest Luann to me. As I say, not not bouncy boobs, Missy Melons Luann. That's uh, well, that's that's too that's too easy. You know, I I, I still respect her as an artist, <laughs> kind of thing. You know. Okay, I gotcha. <laughs> um, but then, um, unlike the actual like not me being gross, um, it's when she's just being a total bitch to Hank, and she's like, "Oh, look at me! I didn't listen to you, Uncle Hank, because then I wouldn't have been famous." <laughs> it's, she's so shitty and like. Oh, dude, when's the last time we got to see Luann be shitty and, like, confident Luann? Like, it's, it's been, been so long. I missed I missed my girl hotties so bad, Luan. John. Like, yeah, hotties Luann or, like, golf caddy drink girl Luann. And she, I'm going to dress however I want and takes off her shirt and spins it around. And she's, like, a fucking proud woman. I, yeah, I miss, I miss <laughs> that Luann. And we haven't seen her in a really long time. Um, how about you, buddy? Favorite moments? Uh, Bobby's line of, I tried slipping them into their pockets. They did not like that. (laughs) (laughs) The delivery on it is perfect. I choked on my beer. I'm so sorry, buddy. You're okay. I just, I don't know what I was expecting. Um, I also want to call out really quick. Did you notice the weird, like, Bobby the Clown baby? No. So, they're in the... Excuse me, Jesus Christ. I took to my beer and I can't quit bourbon. So they're in the Rite Aid or whatever, and Luann is, like, assaulting children with the fucking puppets. And one of the ones that walks out is literally Bobby's face. And I think it's supposed to be a little girl with red hair parted down the middle. And it looks like Bobby wearing a shitty... It looks like Bobby's rodeo clown costume is what it reminds me of. Okay. It's, it was just weird. I just noticed it, and I wondered if you had noticed it. No, I'll have to I'll have to look at that next time I watch through this. Yeah. I'm going to go back and look for uh, uh, Blackface uh, Kid Hauer. <laughs> yes. The other favorite moment I have here is a Hank line, and it's I don't know if it's as good, but it's, babies are weird, Lucky. <laughs> like, it's just so matter of fact. Babies are weird. <laughs> You're right. I'm sorry. Rolling Baby was a pro, too. That was kind of funny. <laughs> I set her down and she just rolls. She, <laughs> she just, just takes rolling. off, and I'm like, okay, that's kind of, that's kind of funny. Yeah, you're okay. Babies are weird, lucky. I like so, that. Yeah, it's those those okay. two lines. It's, it has nothing to do with Luann, who's the focal point of this whole fucking episode. But, eh, that's fine. Um, well, then we're to ratings, buddy. Um, yeah. What do you got, man? Uh, so I gave this a megalo. Um, Megalo. Mark, there is there is some good in this episode, but fuck, I was bored. I am never watching this again if I have any say in it. There is a handful of good things that come out of this, but not not much. Like really, not much. Okay. What about you, man? <laughs> okay. Um, I gave it a butane. It's fine. It makes zero sense. There are zero stakes. But I like the way that this almost feels like alternate universe enough to where I don't care that there's zero stakes. We're just accepting that Luann is going to be a child entertainer for only one episode, only one more time. We saw it happen once. We then saw her be a floating pair of boobs on the Weather Channel, and now we're getting this. So, like, this is Luann's third crack at stardom. She can't handle it. Take it away from her. Um, Okay. It's fine. I don't, I don't know. I don't care. I like Dale's book bit. But that's a fun, past that's the fine, initial, yeah. 
Well, but I mean, past that initial animation bit, I don't like it. And then, you know, he's, well, maybe you could read my book and she doesn't care. And then you killed my dreams. Like, I get it. Plagiarism is wrong, kids. But I don't feel like the Dale rage is so earned in this. But past that, I don't know. It's fine. But also, too, I maintain you don't really need any context for this. You could, like, you could literally put this on and watch it be like, huh. That's what that show King of the Hill was about. All right, that was kind of weird. I thought they talked about propane. Okay, cool. So, <laughs> it's a pro- if nothing else, my point here is is that it's approachable. And, like, did this feel like an episode of King of the Hill? Mm, no, not really. We got some good callbacks. But just kind of goofy, I guess, is the point. And that's okay. They don't all need to make sense. Yeah. They don't all need to, like, add. But, I don't know, that's where I'm at is it's butane. It's middle of the road. It's fine. I'm not putting okay. it on, but I won't. But I'll watch it again, kind of thing, you know? Okay. Yeah. I think that's very fair. Well, I think it's about well, time for that question, buddy, so we can get out of here. Yeah, man. Um, Do you still like King of the Hill? Mark, I still love King of the Hill. Manger babies aside, thank fucking Christ <laughs> I never have to see them again. I do still love this show. What about you, man? Future Mark, once again, insert my Manger Babies rating song. Yeah, Johnny. I still love King of the Hill. It's fine. I hope that we don't need to see any more Bobby Athlete episodes. Yeah, I'd love that. Yeah, that'd be great. But hey, it is what it is, I guess. Um, What is this? This is our final countdown. This is number five before we're done with episodes, right? I believe that's how we we did it. I hope so. Otherwise, I'll run out of whiskey. (laughs) I just... Well, buddy, I guess... We're just going to see what happens next week, right? I don't know. I feel weird. It's final, final countdown, really. So, listeners, thank you for being here. Johnny, you want to tell those good people where they can find us? Absolutely. All the inter- all the listeners out there in internet and podcast land can find the Dangle Podcast. We are on uh, Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Uh, Dangle Podcast, if you want to hit, hit us up on Gmail, we're danglepodcast at gmail.com. If you want to reach us out on Blue Sky, we are High Hammock Radio on Blue Sky. Uh, that's where you're going to find all of the High Hammock shows, uh, just like the ones that Mark does in his off time when he's not talking about King of the Hill. Uh, you can always reach out to me personally on Instagram. I'm Krautball. Kraut is in sauerkraut and ball is in Swedish meatball. Mark, where else can these lovely folks listen to you? Oh, these lovely folks can also listen to me on the I Can't Wait to Show My Kids podcast, a weekly cinematic review show where me and our buddy Brad, and every now and then you, Johnny, and every now and then our other buddy Josh, well, we all come together and we watch movies that we really like, and we talk about how great they are, and then we go, when do I show this super cool movie to my kids? We are dead in the middle of a John Carpenter run. It's great. We just watched The Fog this week. Um, Go there, check that out. Or go over to the Two Wizards podcast, where I actually, like, do research for things. Um, it's me and our buddy Josh. We stare into the void so you don't have to. I think this week we read some weird fiction. Went back to that old well of Robert E. Howard and H.P. Lovecraft and got crazy there. Go check us out. And, uh, yeah, find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter, and I will be 100% transparent. I don't get on Twitter because it's a fucking snake hole and the only interaction I get is with sex bots. But please, prove me wrong, children. Hit me up on there. I'm also not on my Instagram, so don't look for me there. But I'm around. You can, I don't know, put a message in a bottle, throw it in the ocean, and the, you know, Ka will bring it to me at some point. Um, Johnny, thanks for being here, buddy. 
Um, you know, as always, great time. Glad we got to get some of the shit out of our systems. No more Bobby Baseball. Hooray! It's over. <laughs> Probably not, because it's like the fourth time we've thought it was over. But, yeah, man. All right. Well, we will talk all you guys, folks. Wow. We will see all you folks next week. Thanks so much for listening. Bye, all you guy folks. <laughs>